Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Wednesday, June 12th, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, On the show today, we are going to continue our post-spring ball positional breakdowns. It's really like summer now. I don't know. Our summer positional breakdowns for Michigan State football. Uh, We are going to finish off the defense with the secondary which I think, I don't know, I feel like I've said this for every single position group, maybe, but I think the secondary might be the best group. Uh, when it's all said and done, we'll see if they can jump over the, the defensive front right now. They're certainly, the, the D-line uh, boasts a little bit more experience, um, but in terms of like future pros and things like that, the this secondary is going to be absolutely loaded. Uh, and yeah, they lost some guys, but uh, they've got some really, really interesting and good football players stepping into their places. So we'll talk about that uh, in segments two and three. First segment, I want to talk a little bit about a basketball thing that uh, made some headlines uh, that I think is just interesting to talk about. Uh, Michigan State uh, having uh, a number of players uh, among these preseason awards and things like that, you know, the summer content fillers. Um, you know, Michigan State's got a number of guys, not just Cassius Winston, uh, popping up on these things. So we will uh, talk about that here in a little bit. But first, uh, remember, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes on your phone every single day. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at on Spartans. Follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter one L two underscores. If you want to be a part of the show, you heard our very first one with uh, Jake Porter air yesterday. Um, you know, talking about the some big plays in the D'Antonio era that maybe get a little bit overlooked. Uh, I thought he did a really good job, and it was a really fun discussion and a good episode. Uh, if you want to do that, you can email me lockedonspartans at gmail.com or DM me on Twitter. All you got to do is send in a quick pitch what you would talk about for a segment if you were co-hosting. So send those on. I'll keep you know promoting that throughout the summer here, the next month and a half or so. And I've got uh, one recorded again. I'm recording another one here later today that um, you know probably get one up here uh, next week and probably the week after that as well. Uh, so... Yeah, definitely do that if you want to be a part of that. I'm also uh, putting together an MSU gift tournament for uh, Spartans Wire USA Today. Uh, Send me gifts, your favorite Michigan State gifts. It's a Michigan State gifts only uh, at Will underscore underscore Hunter. Send them to me there. I got a tweet pinned to the profile page right now. Uh, Just, you know, soliciting some nominations. I got a bunch written down. I'm going to take nominations and then we're going to seed these things up and, you know, have fun wasting time uh, over the summer with a little gift tournament, uh, which I don't think has been done yet for Michigan State Twitter. So we're going to do that. Uh, So definitely send in nominations there as well. Uh, Also, today's episode is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. And today's episode is also brought to you in part by Twillery. All right, let's uh, let's talk about some basketball stuff. Okay, so headline here: Spartans wear four Michigan State basketball starters listed in the top four of early position award rankings. Uh, to be honest, I didn't know these awards existed prior to this. Um, 
I haven't, you know, with my jobs and things like that, I am now like deep into Michigan State stuff more deep than I was even before this. And I, you know, I knew a lot of stuff about Michigan State. I was up on the news and things like that, but I've had to dive even deeper at times, especially when you're looking for stories in the summer and stuff like that. So I didn't even know there were these positional awards. Uh, And if I did know, I didn't know that they were called this. Maybe it's a new thing. I'm not really sure, but there's the Bob Cousy Award for point guards. There's the Jerry West Award for shooting guards. There's the Julius Irving Award for small forwards. And there's the Carl Malone Award for power forwards. I did not know that. But those things exist. And Michigan State, uh, according to the NCAA and Big Ten Network's Andy Katz, who is a a well-respected basketball analyst, uh, Michigan State has for him a player in the preseason top four of each one of these. Uh, so I'll just go through those and offer some thoughts. The, the first one's obvious, the Bob Cousy Award point guard. Uh, Cassius Winston is the preseason favorite for that. He's the preseason favorite for Big Ten Player of the Year. One of the three or four preseason favorites for National Player of the Year. Uh, the preseason point guard, All-American, uh, or the preseason All-American point guard, whatever, uh, however you want to say that. He is getting all of the expectations, rightfully so. He deserves it. He deserves the recognition. Uh, after what he did last year, and really, uh, he got plenty of awards, but I feel like uh, missed out on some, you know, honors, at least uh, re- more recognition than he should have got. He should have been more of an All-American on more All-American lists for the first team, uh, and should have been a finalist for National Player of the Year awards. He wasn't going to win it because Zion Williamson just had an incredible year, um, but he should have been a favor among the favorites. And you know, this year he's lining up to uh, potentially have the chance to add a lot of hardware to his individual awards as well as some team things as well. Uh, but he is the front one, front runner for the top point guard, uh, which is kind of the obvious choice there from Katz. Uh, he says Cassius enters the season as a preseason favorite for Big Ten Player of the Year and first team All American. He leads the likely preseason number one team. So nothing really uh, surprising there uh, coming out of that one for sure. Now, the Jerry West Award is for the top shooting guard. And um, not that it's a major thing uh, because Michigan State, I think, has a lot of interchangeable wings. But uh, he has, Andy Katz has Aaron Henry at number four here on the shooting guard award. I think it would make more sense to have Langford in there, although, and then, you know, Henry at the pot or the small forward for more of the, the three. Um, but, you know, when Langford went out, Henry played a ton of two next year. We'll see how those two shake out. They're similar in size. I think Henry's a little bit bigger uh, just in height and then stature as well. And certainly uh, more explosive athletically, which is something you generally see more from the wing from the small forward. So I think, Henry will see more time as a small forward in the starting unit. I would imagine it's Winston Langford, Henry at the one, two, and three. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't see Henry starting at the two and Langford at the three. But I think both of these guys will certainly play their fair share of shooting guard and fair share of small forward. So it's it's a small little thing, but it's not a big deal either way. Uh, good to see Henry get the recognition. He really had an outstanding. Uh, not total tournament, but had a lot of outstanding moments in the tournament, really started to flash some of his potential. Uh, you saw it in bits and pieces this year. We, we talk a lot about consistency with him and, and headspace and confidence and things like that. Uh, and he seems like the more he went on, once he sort of got over that freshman wall, started to build some confidence, his outside shot really came along at the end of the season. We know he's an explosive athlete. Uh, we know he can get to the rim. 
Uh, he's going to get better at breaking guys down off the dribble, getting into the lane and scoring. He did that a decent amount. Sometimes would get a little bit lost in the lane, right? Get lost in traffic and make a, a poor decision. Uh, but the more he plays, the better he's going to get at that. And I think he's just a wonderful complement to what Langford does as a shooter, as a floor spacer from the shooting guard spot, what Cassius can do as a driver, uh, kicker, great passer and things like that. So Henry, I think, is going to be someone who takes a big leap this year. And if he has an outstanding season and starts showing NBA level skills, which he, I think they're in there, it's just a matter of keeping it consistent. Like if he can shoot 40% from three on decent volume and he can get more proficient getting to the rim and, and things like that. Uh, he's a good defender already. He's going to get better there. He's a very good athlete, a uh, great leaper, uh, and seems to really you know be coachable and, and pick things up well. You can see the development from him. Uh, he could end the season as a really good player and someone who might be looking at the NBA next year. Uh, but we'll see about all that. But uh, Katz has him at number four in the shooting guards. Uh, he says he's on the verge of being a household name outside of the Big Ten. Cassius Winston will feed him often, and Henry Henry will respond by finishing from all over the floor. And I think that's a good point. Uh, all over the floor, he can you know he can shoot it. He can get to the rim. Uh, we'll see if there's a mid range development there. Um, you know he can get to the bucket off the dribble and things like that. I think he's going to be a really good player. Josh Langford comes in at number three on the uh, small forward spot. So again, with the uh, little quibble there, um, you know, Langford is going to be playing a lot of minutes at the two. Langford's going to be taking a lot of shots. Uh, he needs to work on shot selection a little bit. We'll see if uh, things change. In that regard, um, he really loves that sort of step-in mid-range game. So if he can do it efficiently, uh, that's fine. But as of now, his numbers in terms of efficiency aren't great with that shot. He needs to do better with that. Uh, but he is a smart player. Other than that, he's certainly a team leader, someone guys really look to. And he's just, uh, you know, for the first 10 games of last season, at least, was a stone-cold knockdown shooter. Uh, he is someone who can shoot. 45, 46% from three on high volume over the course of a season. Uh, someone you really trust to hit big shots. Um, does some things in terms of uh, off the dribble, playmaking, things like that. Can get to the rim. He's got sort of that YMCA game, right? He's savvy, a little bit of old school to him. Uh, does things, gets by guys with smarts rather than athleticism and stuff like that. So in terms of next level NBA things, that stuff usually gets kind of washed out. You kind of have to be a phenomenal athlete plus a savvy, smart player to make that leap. Um, but as far as the college game goes, Josh has enough to you know get buckets on anybody. He had huge scoring nights, struggled with some consistency uh, in the early going of the season, but had huge games, was averaging, I think, like 18 points or 17 points a game uh, before he got out, and is going to be someone who puts up big numbers, uh, will be in consideration for first-team Big Ten, will be in consideration as, you know, like a second-team, third-team All-American type uh, season if he's able to shoot it well and play more consistently uh, you know he could average you know 18 to 20 points a game he could be the team's leading scorer just given how well he shoots it and the volume he's going to go at if he can keep that volume up while keeping a good efficiency especially from deep Josh is going to score a ton of points for this team uh, and like I said is a great leader has come a long way and plays good defense as well and is just going to be you know the top end of a really really solid wing rotation. And then I was surprised to see this one. 
Uh, Xavier Tillman in the Carl Malone Award for Top Power Forward. Uh, Cats put him at number two. And that is high praise for someone who's really just starting to come into his own. Uh, I think if Xavier Tillman did what he did over the last 10, 12 games of the season, over the stretch of the season, then yeah, uh, I, I could see that sort of thing. Uh, but he really, just because of the Nick Ward injury and playing time and things like that, Tillman did good things, just had limited minutes uh, until he, he was bumped into the starting role. And then we saw him flourish. Uh, he's really great defensively, has great feet, great instincts, can block shots, can guard small people on the perimeter, is a switchable big, which is why I think he projects well to the next level. He's big enough to play the power forward at the NBA uh, as a you know, slightly undersized guy, but he moves his feet so well. It's a little bit of that Draymond Green type thing where he can be undersized because he's got great feet. He looks to be really smart and is just an instinctive shot blocker uh, and makes explosive plays around the rim defensively. And I think that's just going to continue with him. His offensive game was certainly raw coming in. You can see a little bit of post stuff in there. Um, it's not a refined post game, and that's fine because that's not you know, going to be his uh, way of scoring. He's going to be someone who's going to get offensive rebounds. He's, he's showing that he can be a really good offensive rebounder, uh, catch lobs, dunks, layups, things like that off the glass, uh, and then can also stretch the floor. I think Xavier can really shoot it. I think it's going to be something where we see kind of like Adrian Payne, where he's not taking, although with Payne, there weren't really many signs that he could take it, but Payne from his sophomore to junior season, his volume really increased with the three-point shooting, and he shot it well. Uh, I think Tillman can shoot it well right now, but I think we're going to see his volume increase. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's taking a handful of threes every single game, a little bit of pick-and-pop type action, uh, trailing above the break uh, on fast breaks and things like that, where maybe he blocks a shot. Uh, the fast break's coming, and he's a trailer from the top of the key and can knock it down. Draymond used to do that all the time, uh, especially the the second or the third and fourth years at, at Michigan State. I see Tillman developing into that kind of guy. I think he's got a really nice stroke. His free throw shooting really improved, uh, and just the percentages that he shot from the line towards the end of the season was like around 80%. You know, that's a guy who can shoot. If you can shoot 80% from the line, which I think he can over a long stretch, you can shoot the three uh, for sure, and he's got a good stroke. Uh, he just didn't take a ton. You know, towards the end of the season, he started taking a little bit more and looked good doing it, and I think that's going to be the big thing we see added to his game next year is, is even more consistency and more volume on that three-point shot. And this team, is it's going to be crazy next year. They're going to have shooting. We'll see who starts at center. Uh, but they're going to have shooting from the point guard. They're going to have shooting from the two, the three, the four, and they could have shooting from the five if Bingham ends up starting at the five. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But even the reserves and things like that, some of the freshmen, everyone coming in, all the bigs can shoot really. Uh, outside of Kithier, we don't know how much Kithier can shoot. We've never seen him do it, but I would not be surprised if Kithier could shoot it a little bit, uh, just given that he seems like he's got some skills to him and seems comfortable handling the ball uh, and things like that. That stuff usually translates to being able to shoot. And with today's game, uh, bigs who can shoot, it's a real thing, and that's a skill that has to be developed. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see even a guy like Kithier shoot more. But with Tillman, I expect really awesome things from him next year. Surprised to see him ranked that high in a preseason uh, list from Cats, but Cats saw what we saw and thinks he can translate that to an entire season. And if he does, he's going to be a top contender for that award, going to be a contender for Conference Defensive Player of the Year, going to be a contender for All Big Ten 
uh, and depending on his individual numbers and things like that, we'll see how national things shake out. But it, definitely in terms of power forwards, he could have a great season, uh, be a guy who averages 14 and 9, something like that, with some block shots and shoots it well from the perimeter and is just an outstanding player. Um, yeah, so good to see all those guys getting some recognition there. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Went way too long in that, but we'll do the secondary uh, in the next two segments here. But first, guys, it is 2019, and these days, shirts shouldn't wrinkle, itch, or sweat, and with Twillery, they don't. Twillery makes stocking up your closet as simple as restocking beer in your fridge. It's easy, affordable, and the perfect fit, guaranteed. They offer non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts for as low as $55 each when you bundle four or more. That is a great price for really high-quality material. And even better, they have free shipping and returns, so you can try on some Twills risk-free. Yes, you heard me right. You can try Twillery dress shirts completely risk-free. And if you're looking for a gift for Dad, there's a limited-time Father's Day special enjoy a free set of bottle opener collar stays with each purchase right now you can get $25 off your first Twillery purchase by going to twillery.com slash locked on and entering the promo code locked on that's promo code locked on for $25 off Father's Day promo only valid until June 16th and you can get locked on Spartans on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya as well as Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts and Spotify the Himalaya podcast app is totally free super easy to use and has all your favorite podcasts and when you get in your car tell your smart device to Play podcast Locked On Spartans. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked On Spartans. Let's talk about the secondary. This is the last of, well, no, we got specialists still to come, but the second to last positional group breakdown here for MSU as we uh, enter into the summer here. And I am super excited about this group. Uh, so at cornerback, the starters right now are Josiah Scott and Josh Butler. Uh, at safety, David Dowell and Xavier Henderson are the projected starters there uh, at corner uh, you know it's crazy to think how good the secondary was last year with Josiah Scott out for almost the entire season but uh, you know it, give credit to Justin Lane he became a really good player towards the end of the season and losing him certainly uh, you know if he was coming back this year it'd be like how are these guys gonna find time to even play but Josh Butler is a big 10 quality starting cornerback. He is a good player, and I expect him to be a really good player, uh, just like he was last year. Uh, Josiah Scott, you know, freshman All-American. Uh, when he you know missed time last year, but when he came back, was back to himself, was uh, just an absolutely lockdown guy. And I would expect him to be that uh, again his junior season. We'll see in terms of you know, like the NFL and things like that, because he is a smaller guy. But in terms of uh, college players and, and things like that, Josh or Josiah Scott is about as good as it gets from a, a shutdown corner. Uh, you know, great feet, great hands, great in press coverage, really smart, uh, really sort of savvy, knows how to get away with different things in, in that press uh you know, the press coverage that Michigan State uses where it's basically, you know, it's quarters, but it's essentially you got a guy out there, you're sticking with him. Uh, you know, Scott's going to be uh, as good as they come. I expect, you know, a Darquez Denard type season from him, a Trey Waynes type season from him, where it's just, it's an island and you don't go out there uh, because Josiah Scott's out there. Uh, and then Josh Butler, I think is a really good player. And we'll do a really good job. And even behind these guys, like it is crazy how deep this group is. Uh, Trey Person and Shakur Brown 
uh, are the backups there. Both guys played last year. Both guys are going to play this year. Both guys made big plays last year. Uh, our Big Ten, honestly, if they were at almost any other school in the conference, they might be uh, starting. But given the guys who are ahead of them, you know, it's just it's a log jam there with really talented corners. And so they're going to play for sure. Kalon Gervin's another one. He's a redshirt freshman, uh, showed in the spring game that he can absolutely play, was a highly touted recruit, four-star guy coming out of, I think it was Cast Tech, if I'm remembering. Uh, but he's someone who's going to find his way onto the field uh, this year as well. There are, and then Dom Long as well, Dominic Long, I almost forgot about him, uh, is another guy who's going to be playing. Uh, I think he might see some time at safety this year, but he's gone back and forth and done both things. He's played corner, he's played safety, but as someone who was well thought of coming out of high school, just hasn't had the chance to play yet because of, you know, you got NFL you got NFL players in front of you. It's hard to sort of crack starting lineups here. The same with Brown in person. Um, but he's going to be another guy when he gets on the field, he can come in and there won't be a big drop off or anything like that. He's going to be another guy who's going to play some time this year, different, uh, points of the season. And, and you have big confidence in, uh, with him. So there, there are literally six guys in the defensive backfield, uh, for cornerbacks that I would be comfortable if they were starting, uh, this season for Michigan state. And you got two really good ones up top and yeah, losing Justin Lane is tough. Justin Lane, uh, had a couple of rough-ish uh, games, not bad games, but a couple of moments that were bad in uh, you know the first handful of games in the season. And again, he's someone who uh, played you know both positions in high school, was back and forth, played some receiver at Michigan State, and then switched to cornerback. And you could see once he really started to get more time and experience the position, he was awesome at it. And losing him. You know, by the time this, the end of the season came around, he was great. And him and Josiah Scott would be an incredible tandem, uh, one of the best in the country for sure. Um, but, you know, losing him hurts certainly, but Josh Butler uh, can step in there and be a great player. We'll see. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Kalon Gervin ended up. We'll see as a starter, or maybe that third guy, just because there's so much talent there, it's going to be tough to unseat Butler. And Scott's pretty much locked in there, but it is just a cornerback group that is absolutely freaking loaded with talent and loaded with experience and loaded with guys who have made huge plays uh, for Michigan State uh, the last couple of seasons. You know, Josiah Scott's been, you know, his freshman All-American thrown in as the starter, and he was absolutely great. Uh, Josh Butler has played a ton, and this is going to be his senior season. Uh, and you'd think with even more experience, uh, more seasoning, so to speak, he's going to have a really good senior season. And then Brown being a sophomore person, now being a junior, uh, you know, they're going to keep developing. Uh, if, if Michigan State has shown the ability to do one thing, it is develop defensive backs. And so it's just a, a group that is deep with talent. Uh, and then, you know, deep with experience, great coaching, great scheme for these guys. And they've just consistently throughout the years been really good. And that's not even taking into account Julian Barnett, who is a top 60 recruit coming in. He didn't enroll early. It would have been really interesting to see. Uh, had he been able to graduate high school early and enroll and, and go through spring ball and things like that, if he would have had something to say about throwing his name into the mix to be one of the guys at corner. But with a guy of that talent level, we'll see. 
if he sticks, at least he's going to start out at defensive back, but he's also someone who's done really good things in high school with the ball in his hands. Uh, I don't think he'll end up at running back, but it could be something where like Justin Lane played some possessions at receiver and things like that, as well as being a cornerback. Could be some of that with Julian Barnett, uh, but he's a guy who halfway through this season, I, I you know, we're going to see him in at least four games thanks to the new redshirt rules. And depending on how the season is going and what he looks like in those games, uh, he may be a guy that they just burn the red shirt on because he has to play uh, because he's that talented. If he can pick things up quickly through the summer, through the fall, um, you know, and they can put that talent to use. Uh, he's someone who could be, you know, depending on how things shake out, someone who's not at Michigan State for very long. He could be certainly uh, a starting cornerback for this team next season uh, and then the year after that and then be on his way to the NFL if he's, uh, you know, what his pedigree would suggest he has the potential to be because, you know, he's a top whatever recruit, whatever service you want to use. There's a ton of talent there. He was highly sought after and Michigan State's lucky to get uh, a guy like that. They did really well getting him uh, to get committed to Michigan State. So, you know, there's six guys that I'm really looking forward to watching. Uh, and then a total wild card and true freshman, Julian Burnett, who might be more raw, physically talented than anyone else in the, in the entire secondary. So that's going to be awesome to see how that plays out. All right. We'll take a break there. When we get back, we will shift it over and talk about the safeties on this team. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Locked on Spartans in the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need the free Himalaya podcast app with their personally curated playlists and themed collections of shows. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Spartans. All right, welcome back to segment three of today's Locked on Spartans. Let's... uh, Talk about the safeties and sort of wrap up the defensive back grouping as a whole here. So if there was any sort of, I don't know, uh, weak spot, chink in the armor, whatever you want to call it, for Michigan State's defensive backfield, I would say it is the the depth at safety. Uh, And that's not to say it's a weakness. It's certainly not a weakness, but compared to everything else, it would have to be sort of described as a weakness. Like if the safety group had the same depth as the cornerback group, you would look at this defensive roster and be like, this is the best defensive roster in the country outside of Alabama, maybe Clemson. Like, And those teams just have physical five-star freaks everywhere across the board, uh, top 10, top 15 picks lined up everywhere. But in terms of like the normal college football landscape, the traditional one where there's really good players and then solid players and then so-so players uh, sort of mixed in, it'd be tough to find a group uh, better than uh, Michigan State's defensive group. But there's just a little bit of lacking of, of depth at safety. But I think it'll end up being okay uh, because there's enough there to get by unless injury strikes in a catastrophic way where you lose two or three guys at safety. I don't think it's going to be an issue at all this year because the guys that they do have there uh, are really freaking good. And when we got to start with David Dowell, who is going to be a senior is, you know, I would think might be someone in line to be a team captain. We'll see how that shakes out, but he's been playing a ton of football for Michigan state. He's been a really good football player the entire time he's at Michigan state. Probably could have gone to the NFL last year uh, and gotten drafted late, um, but is someone who certainly projects to be an NFL talent at the end of this season. Uh, I think, God, where did Mel Kuyper have? Someone had him as like, uh, it may have been Gilbrandt, had him as like the number two senior safety, senior strong safety or whatever. 
uh, draft eligible guy coming into this season. So he's someone who is, you know, there's some buds there in terms of national NFL uh, scouting and things like that. He's a big guy. He is fast. He's a very good athlete. He is someone who can make plays, sort of that ball hawk type guy. He's made tons of huge plays, big interceptions. Uh, and things like that over the years for Michigan State, and looks like he's going to have an awesome senior season. Uh, he's going to be someone who is up for, uh, you know, first team All Big Ten and things like that. Uh, is one of the better safeties uh, in the entire conference for sure, and I'm I'm expecting huge things from him. Uh, what's re- going to be really interesting is to see the the replacement of Kari Willis, who losing him is is tough. You know, it's a senior leader, a captain, guy who got people in order, really smart, cerebral football player, great person by all accounts, uh, and just someone you want on your team. And so getting over losing him is going to be tough. Uh, but I think you know, <laughs> there's enough on that side of the ball that there will not be anything near a leadership void. On that side of the ball, that's one thing you can absolutely be certain of. Uh, but still, losing his experience and his, uh, you know, his ability in the pass game, the run game, playmaker, things like that, uh, that's going to be tough. But replacing him at the other safety spot is going to be Xavier Henderson, who we saw play as a true freshman. Uh, had some true freshman moments where he missed some coverages and things like that, but also had some moments where he made great plays. Uh, really highly regarded recruit, four stars coming in by you know all the services uh, top 250 player I think he was um, but is just you know really good recruit great athlete profiles to be a really good player at the next level and we saw flashes of that certainly and now his first year as a full-time starter uh, you hope he can put it together more consistently playing safety is tough at Michigan State balancing pass and run responsibilities uh, can be a spot where things kind of get lost uh, we saw that at different times as, you know, like Demetrius Cox and Monte Nicholson were translating into starting roles and things like that. Uh, it can be tough for new starters in this system. So there will probably be moments this year where Xavier Henderson has a missed assignment, leads to a touchdown, things like that. It just tends to happen in this defense with new starters, especially guys who are younger. Uh, you know, he's a true sophomore, played in whatever, however many games last year. Uh, and it's his first role, uh, first big-time role here. So there probably will be some of that. If there's not, fantastic. That'd be absolutely wonderful. But I know for sure there are going to be big plays made from him. Uh, he's going to get some big stops in terms of the run game, tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's a big-time athlete who can fly all over, all over the field. You know, I don't really worry about him and pass coverage and things like that. Matching up against guys who are physically better than him, you're just not going to see a ton of that. Uh, because he is such a great athlete, and I think he's someone that they're really excited about. I know they're really excited about him, uh, and we should be excited about seeing him too. Uh, because you know, once he gets over those, you know, those little mistakes and things like that, once they happen, if they do happen, you know, he's going to become a better and better and better player. I think you're going to see throughout the season. He may start the year as a solid safety. Uh, prone to some mistakes, but he'll finish the season as a really good safety who uh, is someone that's going to be an awesome player and absolutely locked into that starting spot moving forward. And so I'm just excited to watch him develop uh, throughout the season. Behind those two guys, uh, you've got Dominique Long, uh, you've got Michael Dowell, uh, who is the younger brother of David and Andrew Dowell. And Michael Dowell is someone who I've talked about previously in the linebacker group. He's kind of someone who can play a little bit of the hybrid safety linebacker thing. 
I imagine we'll see him on the field more this year. We'll see him. I would have loved if he would have gotten to take advantage. Uh, oh, no, he did. Excuse me. Yeah, he did take advantage of, I thought he was a sophomore. He's a redshirt freshman, so he got to take advantage of the, the new redshirt rules. Uh, we're going to see him this year, though, for sure. Uh, he's going to be a guy who's going to play some hybrid safety linebacker type things, maybe some blitzing type stuff. We'll see how that shakes out. Uh, but, you know, the Dowells can play football. We know that. Uh, so the hope is that Michael Dowell can be a guy to, to back up uh, his brother and Xavier Henderson and be a good football player. Dom Long is someone who I talked about him with the corners, can play a little bit of both, uh, but is just a really good football player. And again, might be a starter if he was playing at I don't know, Wisconsin or Nebraska or Northwestern or Purdue or something like that would be a starting defensive back for those teams, but is just kind of a victim of being behind some really good football players and some really highly regarded recruits and things like that. Uh, And, you know, even Julian Barnett might be someone who figures in at safety. We'll see how they end up deploying him, but there are good players back there. Uh, There's just, you know, a little bit lacking, I guess, in the depth Uh, We'll see if Tate Halleck can provide anything. He's going to be a freshman coming in here, legacy recruit, um, and, you know, seems like he's going to be a good athlete, uh, is going to play safety, not uh, nearly as highly regarded as Julian Barnett coming into uh, the defensive backfield group, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him on the field a little bit at times. Maybe it's more Uh, If Michigan State's beating Tulsa by 40 or something like that in the beginning uh, of the season or really beats up on Western Michigan and he gets some time uh, in, you know, mop up duty or whatever you want to call it. Uh, But I, I, you know, I don't foresee him having a huge impact on this team next year. But the guys up top are really good. Dowell's great. Henderson projects to be really good. I'm confident in Dom Long and Michael Dowell behind them. It's just a matter of uh, the group after that. And Michigan State, one of the nice things is there's a lot of versatility and a lot of guys. So maybe uh, we see someone who is a part of that loaded uh, cornerback group, you know, spend some time in practice at safety. I'm sure the coaches are aware. Uh, of what they have in terms of talent at each spot and we'll get guys reps at different spots so that there are you know starter quality players who can play both positions uh, should the need arise uh, for things like that just kind of work on that depth so I'm not overly worried about the depth at safety I think you know on the two deep you're totally comfortable once it gets beyond that uh, you start having issues but again Every single team in the country outside of Alabama and Clemson is going to have issues once you get past their two deep. Uh, and, and so uh, barring a catastrophic injury situation where you're losing multiple safeties at a time, uh, I don't think that's going to be a major issue. And, the, and again, the top guys are so good that you're like not even worried about it. And that that's the whole thing with the entire group. Like this Michigan State defensive backfield, one of the one of the football idioms, phrases, sayings I like is the difference between a good defense and a great defense is the defensive backfield. You can have a good defense and have defensive backs that aren't really great because you got a good pass rush. You can get after the quarterback with your linebackers and blitzes and things like that, and you can cover up some of the warts of the defensive backfield and have a really good defense. But when you have a defensive backfield that's four guys that can pretty much stop a passing game on their own, and you combine that with a front that can get after the quarterback and stop the run, linebackers that can do both, uh, that's how you end up with an elite, elite defense, um, and that's what Michigan State has here. 
so many good football players in the defensive backfield uh, on the two deep and the three deep as well at cornerback. Like there are guys who are so good who would be starting at Michigan State or would be starting almost anywhere else who will not see the field for Michigan State more than five, six, seven snaps a game on defense. And that's just a testament to how they coach defense and how they play defense at Michigan State. Uh, but I'm as excited about this defensive backfield as I have been about really any at Michigan State in a while. They're super good, and there's a ton of really good players at the corner position, and there's some good safeties as well. Uh, and I think as a total group, um, it's just a really special group, and we're, we're going to see really awesome things from them this season. All right, that is it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow, three episodes a week. Remember, here in the off season, again, send in those pitches if you want to be on the show at uh, Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores on Twitter. Send me a DM, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com for email pitches. Send those in for sure. Uh, taking gift submissions as well uh, at my Twitter account or at Spartans Wire or at the Spartans Wire on Twitter if you want to submit a nominee for the MSU gift tournament as well. Uh, rate, review, subscribe to the show. Thanks to Hotels.com. Thanks to Twillery for sponsoring today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Spartans. Until then, go green.